What's working this week? It's actually a life-changing question when you're in pain. What's going on, everyone? Emily Body here. You are listening to another episode of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride towards your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For today's episode, I am chatting with Danielle Laporte. She is a best-selling author. Her new book, How to Be Loving, is out now. I'll link to that in the show notes. She's also the creator of the Heart-Centered Membership and the Heart-Centered Leadership Program, as well as a member of Oprah's Super Soul 100 and the former director of a Future Studies think tank in Washington, D.C. These days, she now speaks about the intelligence of the heart, which brings me to the topic of today's podcast. Today, Danielle joins me to chat all about how to identify patterns that hold us back. It sounds simple enough, but so many of us stuck in the same cycles. And today, Danielle is giving us the lowdown on how to break these negative patterns. She offers up a way to distinguish between the patterns in our life that serve us versus those that do not what the difference is between a heart choice and an ego choice and how to make more choices that are rooted in heart. Plus, she gives us the lowdown on what shadow work, inner child work, we've heard these terms before, what they really mean, helping us get to that point where we feel as though it is possible to make better decisions that truly serve us. Really loved this combo. So glad that Danielle and I were able to make it happen. She's a busy, busy lady. Like I said, at the top of this, her new book is called How to Be Loving. She is known by many for another one of her titles, The Desire Map. So check them out. Again, I'll link them in the show notes. Make sure you are following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I myself am over at Emily Abadi. An official announcement for Los Angeles folks. I'm going to be hosting another conversation on runner safety on March 15th over in Venice at the Rose Room. The registration link will be live soon, so stay tuned. But take this as your official save the date. If you've got a listener question, remember, I want to hear them. Leave me a voice message. The link to do that is in the show notes. That's all the housekeeping for now. With that, let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Danielle Laporte. She's the author of the new book, The Desire Map. She's also a member of Oprah's Super Soul 100. How are you doing today, Danielle? I'm doing great. We got our technology worked out. I'm ready to like have a deep and meaningful conversation. I'm so impressed with everything you've built. I was just checking out your podcast. How are we feeling today? 
I am feeling peaceful and happy about that because sometimes you can feel peaceful and it's like disturbing. You're like, ah, I got to go shake something up. I got to go achieve something. I feel grateful that I have power. I feel concerned about the state of the world. Uh, we have a practice with our team. Our morning check-in is, it, we rotate our questions, um, but our morning check-in is, you know, what are your three things you're, that you're prioritizing today? This week's question is, what trends are you seeing? What's inspiring you? And then uh, who are you sending love to today? And my my love prayer candle this morning is for all the people in Syria and Turkey. So I'm grateful to be in a home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's not every day that you get an answer to a question like, how are we feeling today? That's like actually <laughs> thought out and not just the word good. So that was quite refreshing for me and maybe everyone listening. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Yeah. We have like in our house, you can't, I have a son. He's like a man now, but there was no, you couldn't say good and you couldn't say nice. We didn't have many rules, but I'd be like, how are you? It'd be like, good. I'd be like, that's, it's actually not a word in response to this question. So like, get in there. Yeah. Get in there. I love that. I love that. Well, again, I'm really happy that we're able to connect today. You have so much really beautiful insight into, gosh, I mean, so many different topics, especially on the heels of your new book. Talk to us a little bit about how to be loving and and what's to come. The subtitle, I think, is it kind of puts the bow on it. How to be loving as your heart is breaking open and the world is waking up. It is about... Well, the, the response to it is, I thought this was going to be a book about relationships, but this really is a book about self-acceptance. And I, that's pretty accurate. When you move more into self-compassion and loving kindness, all of your relationships will shift because all of those relationships are really just reflections of what's going on in you. So change the inside, the outside's going to come along with you. Right. And that feels like a reflection of that ever popular saying that we're a sum of the people that we surround ourselves with, right? Yeah. And you know what? There's a light side to that theory and there's a dark side to that theory. So like, you know, the light side is like, yeah, you're sharing, you know, similar thoughts, ideologies. If, you know, I know you're your space is really athletic and wellness oriented. So like, of course you want to be hanging out with people. Like they're going to show up at the track. They're going to do their thing. I have friends for sure. I call them like when I need that extra boost, but the shadow side of this that I see in the wellness space is it can get really transactional. It's like, well, I want some of their inspiration or their go get it, their baller energy to rub off on me. And that's, that's like not a real relationship. That's that's transactional ridiculousness. So upside, downside. Upside, downside. Before we get into talking about what we're here to talk about today, which is identifying patterns that hold us back, something that I know I'm excited to hear a lot about and learn from you, I'd love it if you can give us some insight into how you got into doing this very important work. Long journey. The highlights are I used to run a think tank in Washington, D.C. Uh, I was able to do that uh, without even having gone to college. So I really just kind of talked my way into everything. I learned through obsession. I would go to all the conferences. I would take all the calls. I would just I mean, these are the days when you like fax press releases <laughs> to, you know, to, that was part of my job. I was a publicist. Um, 
so I was running a think tank in Washington, D.C., looking at how global trends might collide or collapse. It was super trippy. I had first level security clearance at the Pentagon. And I realized, like, I actually wasn't that interested in the future. I mean, I was going home at night, having, you know, smoking a couple Marlboros, reading poetry, wanted to paint. So I really had this big imposter complex at that part of my life. And things shifted and I left the States. I came back to Canada and started a business that was all based around a more kind of soulful approach to branding like yourself and raised a bunch of money for that. I got Steve Jobbed, fired from my own company. And that was like a real initiation, a lot of catharsis there. There's, you know, I started to see some patterns of not speaking up, a feeling like I was faking it. Um, and then, you know, the deeper interest around source energy and life force and consciousness. I just created space to write about that, talk about that, turned into teaching about that. And now well, I mentioned the desire map, which kind of took on a life of its own. So the focus now is the intelligence of the heart. And I have 400 or so coaches and facilitators who are walking into corporations and yoga studios to give them tools, really have conversations about what resilience really is. And it's becoming clear that there's an awareness now that heart intelligence really is, I mean, just put this in like business terms, it's the leading edge. And, you know, anybody who's been on the spiritual path for a long time is like, oh, you're finally getting that. Um, but that's, that's where all my focus is now. Did you call it source energy before? Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about that for those that may be unfamiliar with the term? Yeah. Source, God, the divine, your Buddha nature, spirit, the cosmos, the infinite. Choose the word that you really resonate with and just build a relationship with it. For those that hear that and may not know where to start with this concept, where did you begin? Well, I was born a little strange, right? So I would, I wanted to, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I wanted to marry Jesus. I wanted to talk to angels. I thought I could talk to, go for a walk and I could talk to animals. But like the practical was, I just started reading. I mean, these were the days of like Louise Hay and people starting to talk about your mind affects your body and somatiz so somatizing energy and and like if you could catch a cold because of stress, then do you have the capacity to heal yourself? What else could be happening to your body that's related to your psychology? I think we're inundated with theories and teachers and influencers and sources and all this is so easy to come by. Really just go with the person, not that you want to be, but like your nervous system feels relaxed when you're with this teacher, whether it is like an Instagram person saying like, you know, this is how manifestation works. This is how physiology and cosmic principles work. Who do you feel relaxed with? Because like there's going to be some level of your heart intelligence that's knowing like, okay, this is a person with good information and I can trust them. 
if you're going, if you want to quote, follow or take on information from someone you want to be, it gets a little trickier. It's like, oh, you know, they got the car and they made their first six figures on their launch in the month. And she's got the abs and all the things. No, no. Like that's like material aspirational stuff, (laughs) but whose teachings make you kind of melt a bit. You want to lean in and then like start exploring. And it's all an experiment. It's all an experiment, whatever tools work for you. All an experiment. Really good advice there. So back to what I'd love for us to chat about today, the concept of identifying patterns that hold us back. Now, in order to really dive into this, like feel like it's important first and foremost to home in on what a pattern really is. What kind of patterns are we talking about here? Well, there's patterns and there's neg- there's positive patterns and there's negative patterns. It's just like, you know, in psychological terms, there's negative addiction and there's m- more positive addiction. So positive is you're going to get a result that is nourishing to your nervous system and it's moving you forward towards like the vision you're holding of a good life, right? So there may be an addictive quality to it, but it's not harmful to, it's not harming you ultimately. Now, positive addiction is not necessarily liberation because you're still, there's still that kind of hooked energy. Like I got to do it in order to get somewhere, but it's better than all the toxic addictions, which, you know, everybody's aware of. So a pattern is something you do repeatedly and you probably do it unconsciously. There are a pattern that becomes conscious is a ritual. It's a habit. It's an intention. Now there is a difference between rituals and habits. You know, in the world, this is how we work it in our, you know, our leadership community is that you really want to, you know, get clear on what it is that you want to embody and create in your life, you bring in the ritual first and then you bring in the habit. So the ritual is I'm going to set my intention to be loving, to be kind, to be athletic, to be well, to be whole. Like it's, it's really kind of the higher vibe stuff. And the ritual for that is I have my walk around the block. I have my box breathing practice. I have my prayer practice. Like you just get into the heart space. And it's from there that you develop your habits. So if you have habits that are disconnected from your heart, they're going to be punishing. They're not going to last. You're not going to achieve. I mean, it's the difference between going to the gym because you want to be well, you want to show up and do good things in the world. This is coming from a place of like, you're really celebrating your body. You want to know how powerful you are versus I'm creating a habit to go to the gym every day because I suck, because I need this approval, because I feel like I look like shit, because if I don't get this, I'm not going to get the person I want. So the question that really helps you interrupt and observe patterns is, You look at whatever you're doing and you ask yourself, am I doing this from my wounded self, my unhealed self, my ego self, or am I doing this from my whole self, from the part of me that's like, I I love my being. I'm the mother 
of my reality. It's a big difference. We can all look back at most of our decisions and go, ah, that was an ego choice. That was a hard choice. Yeah. Mm, ego choice versus heart choice. Really, really powerful language there. And you're also touching on here with this ego choice verbiage, a lot of what individuals may identify as negative self-talk, right? And so for someone who really struggles with negative self-talk, what advice do you have for them? Some healthy fear a little bit to be aware what's happening when you talk to yourself. There's your conscious self. You know what you're saying, you know what you're doing, you're making, you know why you're making your choices. There's your unconscious self. Now, most mystics and scientists will say like, we re- the majority of us are acting from our unconscious self most of the time. So like my metaphor for that is like, we all have a basement in our psyche and it's full of thoughts and patterns and messages from our family of origin, all this social conditioning, mostly crap. And that darker stuff, that shadow stuff informs a lot of, it's, it's this kind of chatty voice that says, you should do this because you're not enough. You need to go prove this, that, and the other. And then you start telling yourself, you start listening to that voice, the unconscious voice in the dark that isn't really aware. It hasn't grown up yet. It's still wounded. You start telling yourself, what it tells you. I need to do this because, because, because. Or you take on this social programming of all the ways you need to perform and you tell yourself you need to do all that. Or you tell yourself you're not worthy, etc. The unconscious self is listening to everything you say. So the, the shift, the power move with talk is speak to yourself like a five-year-old that you love. Like somebody just asked me at a gig a couple weeks ago, I'm really struggling with like self-love. I know it's the way I've got a lot of self-loathing going on. And I do you just treat yourself like a five-year-old that you care about. You speak in a gentle tone. You're encouraging. You get the right nutrition. You get good sleep. You hang out with people you feel good around. Not the people that make you feel like you got to be more of a winner or more of anything. You just feel loved. You feel at ease. That's it. And that's like the most mystical, enlightened, powerful, (laughs) all the things (laughs) that you can do. But watch your tone. Gentle, gentle. I giggle a little on the language of that's it because you just said like, get good rest, surround yourself with good people, feed yourself good food, move your body. Like you're the laundry list for some can really get to be really overwhelming. So what advice do you offer even to overcome that hurdle? Start gentle. Like you could start big, you know, your heart will guide you. Maybe, you know, where are you going to start on your path of loving awareness is like, you need to move cities. You need to quit the job. You need to leave the relationship monumental stuff. You do it gently. You don't tell yourself that you're a loser for getting yourself into that position or you should have moved out years ago, whatever it is. Just, I'm going to make a move. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to tell myself really loving things. You got this. Of course, you're scared. Let's keep going. You are worthy. Of course, you have doubts. Gentle, gentle, compassion for all the fear that comes up. And 
you could also start small. You could also start simple. So, I mean, one one um, <laughs> self-created hurdle that happens a lot in this in the self-help space is too much stuff, right? It's like, it's the same as taking too many supplements. It's too much information for the body and what the body really needs can't be absorbed. It's the same thing with all of the wellness self-help things. So it's like, you don't have to meditate an hour a day. You don't have to have five different meditations. You don't need an, an Eastern astrologer and a Western astrologer and a shaman on Zoom and two coaches. You just don't I promise you. I've done all that. I've done that. You don't need that. Just start with someone you trust. Start, start with a morning journaling practice and then manage your expectations. Because I think when we make these changes in the direction of growing, we want everything to happen all at once. And deep things will happen. There will be shifts, but they're going to be very subtle. And it might take a while. You know, the subtle shifts are, this is what I think the, one of the, like, the, the markers of growth is. You're in, an, you're in a bind. You're in one of those arguments, you know, you're disagreeing with somebody. And you don't say the thing. That's it. How do you know you're becoming more enlightened? You don't say the thing. You could have said the thing. The thing that made you right. Even though, you know, you did because it, it was loving. Because <laughs> you want the relationship to, you know, grow. You, you know, I'm going to say this because this is part of honest communication. No, you, no, no. It's usually because we want to be right. Don't say the thing. You breathe instead of saying the thing. Then you know your practices are actually paying off. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, AG1 from Athletic Greens. AG1 so much more than a greens powder. It's your daily multivitamin and multimineral pre and probiotic immunity support and more. And yes, it provides your daily greens blends too. Greens powders provide critical phytonutrients, but these nutrients don't help empower gut health. By delivering the phytonutrient blend along with the multivitamins, probiotics, adaptogens, and more, AG1 creates an environment where the gut can thrive so the body can thrive too. I have been on the AG1 train for years now and it's less of what I feel when I take it and more so at this point, how I feel when I don't. Say if I'm just moving really fast on the run in the morning, I can feel a noticeable difference if I so happen to accidentally skip out on my morning greens. They have changed the way that I feel in my body, and I know that they can make a major difference for you too. So of course, we have a deal to offer Hurdle listeners. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get five free travel packs as well as a year's supply of vitamin D with your purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get all of your freebies with your purchase today. Also got to give some love to my friends at Inside Tracker. 
to live your healthiest, longest life possible, you've got to understand what's going on in your body. Know that people age at different speeds and generic annual blood work, it just doesn't properly evaluate your biological age. The good news is that Insight Tracker does. Insight Tracker is a truly personalized nutrition and performance system designed to extend your health span and slow down the aging process. Created by leading data scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Insight Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. Add Inner Age 2.0 to any plan to calculate your true biological age and see how you're aging from the inside out. Kind of crazy, right? Now, for a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just head on over to insidetracker.com/hurdle. Again, that is insidetracker.com/hurdle hurdle to get 20% off the entire store today. And that's like such a small aspect, right? But the awareness that requires is monumental on this journey toward establishing a deep relationship with self. Yeah. Yeah. It's monumental. How do you know that a pattern is one that's actually holding you back? Are you getting the same results that you don't want? It's that I'm here again. I, we're ha- are we having the same conversation, the same argument again? Did you switch jobs and you got the same kind of boss again? Are you really just dating the same person in different bodies? Like, you know, yeah, it just, I think we're all familiar with that, that wheel spinning cannot believe I haven't gotten out of this rut again. And usually there's some really, you know, sad and gross self-criticism conversation around that. Like, you know, this is a small thing, but it's actually, for me, has been a big thing. My thing has always been about, my addiction has been around staying up too late. Hmm. And we all know, like the science is in, we need the sleep. There's a certain quality of, you know, sleep hygiene. It's one of my least favorite terms, sleep hygiene. Um, and the number of nights, I mean, it probably adds up to years that I've said, did it again, stayed up too late. Just that one extra hour, just check five extra emails. It's not getting, it's a pattern. That's a pattern. There's a lot of self-criticism. Then I got to have compassion around the pattern and be gentle with it. Cause if you bring in criticism about your criticism, it just creates more contraction. Like you actually don't have any fuel for moving forward. You're just creating more grind instead of more flow for yourself. And I just say, it doesn't matter, Danielle, you're still lovely. You're still lovely. You're still doing things still well. Let's just try 15 minutes earlier tomorrow. And it gets better. And then you fall off track for the sake of comparison and get back on. No judgment. Get back up. I think that when we get to this place in the conversation now, it's like, okay, I understand how to identify a pattern that may not be serving me. But for those who think, okay, I want to make a change, you have to be in the mindset to follow through with that change, right? Because if you're not ready to make the change, if you're not ready to make that pivot, then you can say all these things to yourself, like I should change this, I should change this, I should change this, but you have to be ready to change it. 
You have to, there's two ways to look at it. Most people have to be in enough pain. Are you in enough? So here's a question. I'll just ask everybody now. Are you unhappy enough yet? Are you in enough pain yet? Because that tends to be a big motivator for humans. And then there's another way, which is you move towards the vision instead of let, you know, vision is your inspiration. What you want is your inspiration, not pain being your driver. My observation is people tend to have a disposition. And neither of them is... One is not superior to the other, actually, because those of us who are more future oriented sometimes are just, you know, there's the overwork, we don't rest, it creates all sorts of chronic things, chronic fatigue, all all that kind of stuff. Well, you can ask for higher guidance to get out of it. So you can get super metaphysical about it and just pray for help. I mean, this is one of the first steps in, in the 12 step program, right? There's a reason for that. You need to be aware that there's something greater than yourself. There's an energy that's keeping us all moving. And there's really time. This is the time to tap it. And then I really believe that community is is medicine. Community really dissolves the masks, the egos. It kind of, it equalizes us. It's like, oh, you were in that funk once upon a time. I'm in that funk too. We can help each other. So you have to turn to other people. Isolation is not going to create any kind of traction for you. So, and this is why I am like a big fan of coaches. And if you need the therapist and get that support system in place. And then, and this is, for me, this is really key. You've got to focus on what you want, not on the problem. Like enough. Mm. We know the problem now. You've beaten yourself up about it. We've seen the havoc. It's, it's wrought on your life. You're body, whatever, whatever, enough. I think, and this is really one of the guiding principles of how to be loving. You focus on what's working. You focus on the light. You focus on what you want to embody. And you keep doing whatever you got to do to move towards that. And then all the stuff that's not in alignment with that, it does start to disintegrate. You know how I put it is always be seeing the beauty. Focus on what's working. I mean, the best therapy I've had when you, I walk in, I'm just like, I'm about to pay you all this money. Super wise psychotherapist guy. And he just would shrug his shoulders and say, so what's working this week? It's actually a life-changing question when you're in pain. Yeah. I love that question. What's working this week? I Going back to the power of community and accountability, right? Uh, I had a friend who wanted to establish a regular gratitude practice. And despite, you know, trying all of the different tools at her disposal, uh, a one line a day journal, like how hard could it be to do one line? She found that it was most useful for her when me and one other girlfriend and her in a group chat every morning when she finally picks up her phone at like nine something, I have a text that comes through and says like, today I'm grateful for the way that the sun's coming through the clouds. I love it. And that was it. Right. And so finding what works for you, what works for you might look different than what works for your neighbor, what works for your mom, what works for your sister, whoever. And that's okay. Like having the grace with that, again, coming back to that place of compassion and talking to yourself in that gentle way that allows you and empowers you to get to where you want to be. And what, what really legit works for you for a period of time might not always serve you. 
that. And people forget that. It's like you can do a certain kind of mind training, a certain kind of physical training, and you actually get amazing results. You know, you get fitter mentally, phys- all the things. And then it doesn't, it's not working anymore. And it's not because you're failing. It's actually because you're evolving and it's time to get a different supplement, a different mm-hmm. movement, a different meditation. Yeah. That can be really challenging, especially when yeah. you've had results or been happy with the progress that you've made using a specific mm-hmm. tool previously. I've experienced this and everything from a journaling practice to how I move my body and how I work out. And especially, let's say in the case of injury, when you can't move the way that you want to because of something that's beyond your control, that whole situation can just bring up so much emotion. So for someone that is having a hard time putting that frustration aside that, but I want it to be this other way. I want to do this other thing. This other thing felt so right for me and they can't do that thing Mm -hmm. anymore. How do they have the grace to move forward with a new way? I think even before you focus on the moving forward, you just have to focus on what's happening and loving the situation as is. So it's helpful. It's helpful to consider, play with the belief that everything is happening for your expansion. There's a bigger plan here. And the so-called setback, I mean, everybody listening right now has had some kind of setback. You get through it and you go, oh my God, I'm so glad that happened. I'm so glad I didn't go through that wedding. It actually worked that I blew out my knee because now stronger, fitter, change sports, whatever it is, right? So just consider in that moment, there's a purpose. And I think the soul is trying to train you to love as is. It's like um, the setbacks are often gentleness boot camp. It's like, you know what? You actually haven't been paying attention and speaking kindly to yourself. You actually haven't been doing all the wellness things and communing with your heart and good people for like months now. You've been driving from this place trying to get the thing to prove to everybody and have your dad finally say to you what you always wanted your dad to say to you when you win the thing. And I've talked to so many athletes in particular about this because I used to have a lot of conversations on goal setting, especially around the desire map. I have hundreds of stories. I stopped keeping count and doing case studies, especially in the athletic community. I did this. I wanted to win the thing. I crossed the finish line and I got dinner with my dad And he doesn't say the thing that I wanted him to say. And I realized, you know, I did all that, all those years of football. So my old man, when I got the trophy and then we'd have the picture, I mean, you want to cry just thinking about it. And they realize I don't even like football isn't even my calling. Mm -hmm. And that's when life is saying, you got to dig deep. You got to dig deep and look at the fact that life has been supporting you on some level, that you are worthy no matter what, and you got to get it from. Yeah, yeah. You got to get it from the conversation on identifying patterns that hold us back has really morphed rightfully so into a conversation of knowing your why, right? Because if you know your why, if you have an understanding of who you are and your values, then you'll be more keen to understand what serves you or what can serve you in your life. Yes. And is your why wounded? 
or is your why healed? Is your why shadow or heart? Yeah. That's really powerful. And when you say a shadow, elaborate on that a little bit. Shadow, the shadow self, shadow work is your unconscious self. It's the ego self. It's the part of us that's like unhealed and unaware. And I mean, this is a little bit of an oversimplification, but it's like our spiritually immature self. And it's naturally just like a kid who's wounded. It's going to act out. And the way the shadow acts out is um, it's going to give you the injury. It's going to give you an ailment. It's going to give you an anxiety. It's like, it speaks through anxiety. Like, do I have your attention yet? Okay, here's a little more anxiety. Are you going to stop and slow down and look at me yet? Okay, here's like a little fender bender in life. Are you paying attention yet to your nervous system? Because I'm really trying to like send you these signals for you to just be more loving and attentive with yourself. And this gets us into, um, you know, a term that comes up a lot with, shadow work is inner child work. Mm -hmm. And the thing to be clear about with inner child work is your inner child is a term for your unhealed self. It's not you when you were eight years old. You go to therapy and work out your eight-year-old stuff and the impacts of family stuff for sure, right? But inner child is this really powerful term to use with our growth, because when we think about inner child, most of us, unless we're a psychopath, most of us will kind of soften, pay attention, like, oh, what's my inner child saying? And it used to be like before I would go on stage, do a speaking gig, I used to get all fucking pumped up and I would do that kind of motivational thing, right? You know, and like, I'm great, I'm gonna crush it. <laughs> I would hype myself. This is, you know, this is my version of the race, you know? And it didn't necessarily make my gig any better. Now what I do is I actually get really gentle and I talk to my inner child and I say, what do you need? Because if we, if we check in with the part of us that's most vulnerable and is most likely to act out and have us mess up or be anxious, then we've really got everything taken care of. Mostly your inner child this is what everybody do. Hand on belly, right hand on belly, left hand on heart before you go to bed. When you wake up to say, how can I support you? What do you need? Your inner child is going to say stuff like, go to the park. I need nature. Hang out with so-and-so. I need rest. Take me to work with you. It's really gentle. It's really simple. It's the, it is the basic stuff we've been you know, talking about. And then once you've got that taken care of, then you go rock it. You don't, your, your anxiety is not left at home being more anxious in the back of your mind. You're the power, you're the parent, you're the, you know, I'm the success and you can come along. I am so evolved. I'm so loving. I, I so got this. I got room for my inner child and my, my Victor, you know, <laughs> my go-getter. Yeah. I love that. It's like, uh, we don't leave it behind. It comes with us. <laughs> yeah. Don't it dump it. With. This yeah. is so powerful, truly. All of this, uh, all stemming from kind of where we started to, to circle back here and kind of put a cherry on the Sunday, so to speak. When it comes 
to stepping into patterns that serve us instead of the ones that hold us back. How would you recommend someone outside of community, which was a really grateful suggestion, to proceed and stay the course of these positive patterns of these new habits if we break it down even further? Well, you could shift your relationship to resistance because resistance is going to come up. You can't maintain a healthy pattern without the old habit, the ego self saying, no, but, 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 but don't go to the gym. Oh, you should eat this. Don't do your meditation, whatever it is. So that is natural. Let it be natural and know that resistance is actually an indicator that things are shifting. There's a reason on day five of a new habit, you start to try and talk yourself out of doing the habit because the cells and the psyche start to say, wait, something's moving here. I want to go back. I want to shrink. I want to go back to what's comfortable and familiar. So resistance is actually a cool sign. And then you got to decide, you know, keep your eye on the prize really. And be like, no, I have this vision. This is the term that works for me. This is what I tell myself when it's, I don't want to do what I know is good. I must have beautiful visions of the future. I must have beautiful visions of the future. And then, you know, I think we're all, if you have that, the mind gets clear enough. You know what you got to do to make good on that vision. You got to make the phone call. You got to do the movement, whatever that is. Keep, feed the vision. You got to feed the vision every day. So like the downside of vision boards, I know they work, but this is why they don't work sometimes is because, you know, we go to these workshops (laughs) And we get all stoked and we have the vision and we put the photo of the body we want in the car and all this stuff. And like, we kind of just forget it. You have to water those visions every day. Mm. And really, you know, this is manifesting one-on-one, like feel it. It's sensual. You see it. So tend to the vision and, and then your mind will tell you the right thing to do. I love that. Tend to the vision. I also think that a way, like a kind of easy way to tend to vision regularly, a little bit more in-depth version of a journaling practice would be there's so many guided options, right? So literally every day when I sit down at my desk, I revisit questions that help me dial in on my vision. Like what can make today great? And what are you thankful for today? And what can you, you know, walk through your week with to make it even better than when you started. And so just breaking down, uh, you know, the goals that I have and staying on track and then also taking the time to reflect because if we don't reflect, you can't gauge progress for where you've been and where you want to go. Yes. This is, you know, that reflection stage in yoga is Shavasana. You know, at the end of the class, that Shavasana pose, it's not about rest. It's actually about integrating absorbing all of the work you've done in the class. And I think we need those shavasana, those cool down periods in our life. And one of them is just at the end of the day. It's like, okay, what actually went down today? Where did I feel like I was coming from love? Where did I feel like I was being too pushy? Just observe what actually happened. You integrate it. And that's how you become wise. That's how you Put yourself in a position where you don't have to repeat the same lesson over and over again. It's like, wake up, look at your day. This is reflective living and you get a new lesson. 
Yeah. You get to graduate a little bit every day. <laughs> we love it. We love graduating. Well, Danielle, I'm so excited <laughs> and happy that we were able to catch up today. For the hurdlers that don't yet follow along with you, how can we follow you? How can we keep up with you? Give us all of your info. All the things. Well, the best thing these days is to head to daniellelaporte.com and we can like actually have a relationship. I Another part of my life is on Instagram, which is great, but the algorithm is messing with all of us. So daniellelaporte.com, how to be loving, deck, journal, book, audio is a great experience. It's everywhere. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 